Hello everybody, welcome back to the Game Alone's podcast. I am your host Sam and today I am joined by a fantastic guest, Elizabeth Warburton. Yes, the face of the property industry. Um, you probably have come across Lizzie, as I call her, um, on various different uh, property related TV shows as well as various different events where she will sort of do hosting and, and uh, be on guest panels and things like that. But she is of course also an investor in her own right and we're going to be discussing today how she manages to juggle a effectively a career as a TV presenter, as well as being a full-time property investor. Not the easiest thing in the world to do. So really hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed chatting to Lizzie. Um, Enough of me. Let's get on with it. Let's roll to the podcast and welcome our guest, Elizabeth Wilberton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game of Loans podcast. I'm so, so happy that today's guest, uh, guest, guest is joining me because, um, Elizabeth Borbton, we have been talking about you becoming a guest on the Game of Loans podcast for ages. Very, very busy. Um, no, but we finally managed to, to sneak you in, which is great. Yeah. So, uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for, for jumping onto the, uh, onto the podcast today. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that know exactly who you are. But for the three people that might be listening to this that don't, are you cool just to say exactly sort of who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Elizabeth. Most people call me Lizzie. Um, I'm a presenter. I work specifically now within property shows and home and lifestyle, really. Um, do the odd little bit that diverges out of that. Um, I'm also an investor and developer myself. Two years in, so still new to the game, always learning, always... Um, learning new things every day actually um and yeah trying to manage full-time presenting work with full-time investment so busy b um thank you for being patient with me um when i've cancelled about five times to come on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) you're actually worth it podcast i've been on i know Um, you said i couldn't believe that when you said that i was i was honestly what I, I'm uh, I'm humbled. I am absolutely humbled. Um, this is one, my honour. <laughs> one thing you said to me before we jumped on, which I didn't even know about, was the mm. was the really strange way that you got into the world of property in the first place. Was the yeah. um, so you were so let me get this right. You were dancing at the time, and effectively were looking looking for an outlet for for the money that you were making, and you were investing in other people's projects first, right? Yeah, that's correct. So I was um, in musical theatre up until about four years ago. And I worked predominantly in Asia. So I would be living away. They would pay for everything and a you know, nice salary. And I would save chunks of money um, on each contract and come back home. Bought my place in East Croydon when I was 25. That was my first little residential flat. And then um, I had a little bit more to invest and um, very good friends of mine, Chloe and Darren. She was also a dancer, um, but they were really getting into some high-end flips around Chiswick and Wimbledon Way. They actually went on homes under the hammer with one of them, which was really cute. Um, And so I was an angel investor in their deals for, yeah, four years. And um, it worked really well. Nice 10% annual interest. Um, And that was kind of what got me started, really. I was like, okay, well, if I'm earning... 10% 10% not doing anything. What are these guys making? And that's kind of where the, um, yeah, the nosiness came in, I guess, for, for property a bit more um, on a serious note. So I guess you, did you get to sort of do the old earn and learn type scenario with those? Would they actually 
sort of talk you through what they were doing or, or did, did, were you, did, did you get interested in, in it that, in that way? Yeah, not, not really. So I was very much just a, okay, they, they give me their pitch, they sent through their investment pack, they sent through previous deals that they'd done and previous people that they'd worked with, who was also a friend of mine at the time. So the trust was there. Um, and then I just left them to it, actually. Um, I think because I was away and I was busy myself on contracts. Um, I wasn't actually even in the UK. So yeah, I didn't earn and learn. Um, however, I think that is a fantastic concept. Yeah, because I, I mean, obviously in, in what I do in the, in the world of finance, you know, people are always trying to figure out how they're actually going to be raising money or, or doing yeah. this and that. And and I, I've got quite a few clients now that have kind of, yeah, invested money in others. And in fact, I think um, recently I had, a, I had a client of mine that just had, they, they just wanted a little bit of a break because, well, you, you know this firsthand and we were saying, well, you know, you're learning every day, it's hard work, you're trying to do all this kind of stuff. And sometimes you do just need a break. And I had one client had some cash and they were like, oh, we're just going to take like six, nine months off. And, and I said, well, what are you doing with that cash while you do Well, you know, you're just going to let it sit there. And he went, oh, I'm not really sure. I said, only because one of my other clients is, is looking for about half of what you currently have. I'm not, I don't need to get anything out of it. Can I just put you two together and, and it yeah, helps them? And um, and and, and I think they're going to do a deal, which is great. Um, because I think yeah, I think sometimes just yeah, investing in other people is is, is fine. It's, it's it's all about diversification, isn't it? And if you're um, no matter what you're investing in, you've got to find that right balance of not putting all your eggs in one basket, not being over leveraged, over risked, um, yeah. and doing and doing a few different things. And, and I say to my clients all the time, you know. Just because you are investing in someone else's project doesn't mean that you know somehow you're losing out there. You know, it's no. uh, like you say, you can you can earn X amount and do you know one percent of the work. And so yeah. actually, when you work it out that way, it's uh, it's actually not a bad idea. For sure, yeah. I, and I've said this to quite a few people lately, um, even in regards to you know people just wanting to get one or two buy to lets and aren't really considering building up a substantial portfolio really in looking at things 10% annually for not doing anything in my opinion is better than them just having one or two properties because everybody thinks you know the the income that you're you have coming in on a monthly basis is is what you're going to earn and and it's not when mm. you take in you know your tax bills your mortgage your tax on your mortgage now as well aren't you not just the um the profit that you make on top then you've got when you come to sell your selling fees your tax again so over the long term angel investing in my opinion is a is pretty low risk way of making a nice amount yeah i'm a great believer in um when it comes to investing and stuff and not when it's got on, on too much attention but um i like to study kind of what the best of the best of the best do you know the one percent the, the the super witch super witch super witch that's the second time i've got a, a, a word completely wrong uh <laughs> that's wrong with me. so it's four day weekend we've just jumped off yeah we're just off. all out of sync yeah wednesday um <laughs> and is i want one of the things that i see that the you know the, the the really wealthy people do is is they will they'll they'll do that they actually invest in other people's projects as well themselves oh yeah you hear the term family office and that kind of stuff. They have got people that are, they've got all their money and all their investments and, all, and everything like that. And they're constantly looking at reinvesting and moving stuff around. And they won't just 
own real estate, crypto stocks, you know, whatever it might be, they will lend that, that, that money out themselves in, in, in terms of bridging loans or on short term basis and, and, and stuff like that. So actually mimicking what, you know, what the 1% do isn't necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, the more you end up ha having to invest, the less you actually do the deals yourself. Because yeah. who wants to do the work when other people can do it for you, right? Absolutely. Well, look, obviously, I've just employed two new people into my company, so I obviously have that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> I could do more but, stuff like this, which is nice. I get to chat to people rather than... Yeah, you, you know, do the fun stuff. Yeah. But, oh, God, speaking to lenders. Oh, God, how awful is that? <laughs> yeah, um, rather you than me, for sure. Uh, do you know what? I'd say what, on, on, on a little side note there, um, I was watching... Um, we, we were talking about TikTok off, off, uh, off air. I was watching a guy that I follow on TikTok. Um, he put a video up, and the... This, there's this background music that he used and, and it was it was actually he was an investor and he's mm -hmm. talking about being on hold to mortgage lenders and for the longest of time pretty much all mortgage lenders had the same hold music which was just like i can't i'm not going to try and like mimic it but it was just like this weird beat that just kind of went over and over and that's what he had he was just like oh yeah i'm on on, on hold again to a mortgage lender. i was like oh my god please i never want to hear that music ever again in my life it's um it's like it's like a trigger or something yeah. just gives me anxiety straight away anxiety. all your <laughs> traumas come back <laughs> makes me think of being on hold for two hours you know um to barclays or whatever jesus yeah. not fun not fun um but you know talking talking of um of being busy and, and stuff like that um one of the other things i obviously mentioned to you before we jumped on was um what i find i guess quite fascinating about your life is that so many of my clients are like, I want to get out of the rat race. You know, I want to be a, an investor full time. Um, I'm in my nine to five at the moment. It's quite difficult to, to do the balance. And I actually said to you, didn't I? I actually think, you know, at least, at least if you've got a nine to five, you know when you start and finish. Yeah. With what you do for a living, my God. I mean, I, I, I followed you on Instagram for ages. Every single story is like, oh, I'm, I'm in South Africa now and now I'm here and now I'm here. Like you just go everywhere. Every day is completely different. So how the hell do you actually manage to be a pretty much full-time property investor. And obviously I've seen you, I've even seen you with your hard hat on recently as well, going and looking at, at your sites and stuff. You're doing all that stuff whilst also doing a full-time job, probably more than full-time. Um, yeah. And it being so different on a day-to-day -day basis, that must be just like a logistical nightmare, right? Yeah. Um, there are many advantages to it, but there are also many disadvantages to it. Um, and mentally, it is exhausting sometimes where I do need to take a break. South Africa was half a break, half work, but we'll talk about that a bit more in a, in a little bit. I think, in all honesty, it stems from me being 13, 14 years old. I've always had three, four jobs. I've always worked really hard. And that's actually something now that I'm trying to hone in on and identify, okay, well, the, am I working hard or am I working smart? Um, I've always been self-employed. So any contracts that I've taken as a dancer, as a performer, you're still employed on a self-employed basis. So it's always been in me to go find the next job what's coming in a couple of months once this contract ends, I've got to have the next thing lined up. Um, so I think it's it's just instinct now for me to have lots of things on the go. Um, 
but that's also the joy of being a presenter. So I meet so many new people within the industry. I um, learn from very, very experienced developers, um, very experienced investors. So, you know, that's grown my network so much. Um, and I've probably maybe jumped a few pegs by meeting some of these people to enable me to then move on um, in my own portfolio. Um, and to be honest, it just, the, the both of them coincide together nicely. So it works for now. Will it work when I have a family and children? Probably not. But right now, my goals are to build myself a portfolio so that I then can chill out a little bit more when that comes along. And right now, the both of them are, are coinciding really nicely with each other. And, you know, I'm really happy with the progress amidst the chaos because it mm -hmm. is it is chaos. I have an agent who helps out a lot. So I get a lot of work through her and him. I actually have two. Um, and so that's quite streamlined job-wise um, on the presenting side of things. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, you know, we've got this coming in for you. It's this fee. Do you want us to negotiate X, Y, and Z? Um, so that's quite nice having help on that side. Um, but yeah, it's a chaotic mess, I won't lie. Um, but that's the fun of it, I think, for me. Um, and it's also new. Um, the property world is so new to me. I. I was originally in entertainment and then in presenting, I started out in entertainment. So I did a lot of um, red carpet live events and interviewed people live. And then once I started my property mentorship just before lockdown, that was what then made me merge the two together. I think if I had an entertainment career still, but building a portfolio on the side, I think that would be too much but as I say, because they're both coinciding together quite nicely mm -hmm. and they're both relevant to each other, it's it's working out well. Do you know what? One of the things you just said there, I think is really, really, anyone listening to this that wants to sort of is right at the beginning, right, how, do I, how am I going to get into property? I've got, like, I've got a full-time job, all that kind of stuff. Actually, yeah. what you said there is so important. You can find a way of merging the two to, to a degree. I had a client a couple of years back and he was I think he was working in IT or something like that and um and I said and I'd sort of he, he did have a shed load of money and he was trying to get into into the property and we were discussing this and I said well is there a way that you can kind of gain more experience gain some exposure meet some people um in 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 your day job in some some way shape or form and yeah. he actually changed and he went from being so he, I think he was an IT contractor for some whatever company it was and he then went and became an IT contractor for a, a massive nationwide um, yeah. uh, um, what are they called estate agents basically so he was talking to estate agents every day that were calling him and going I've got problems with my, my, my computer he'd then be going in he'd be in the, in the head office at head office in London they also had an office in the middle in the Midlands and he was going there and um, and he said I'm um, suddenly I can have these conversations with people he says I've, I've already started and he had one by to let already so he could 
have like actual meaningful conversations when he was going into these branches and setting stuff up he was chatting to the agents oh market's really busy at them isn't it yeah, yeah oh do you know about this yeah yeah i've got bikes later and then suddenly everyone starts talking and he said that has actually managed to open up so many doors for him because he even had i think one of the one of the, the branches that he'd been into um they called him like two three days later and said oh i know that you mentioned you were looking for something well something's like come up it's not on the market yet do you want to go and have a look next you know tomorrow we, we can go and have a look at it when we go and appraise it um he didn't end up going he didn't end up actually buying that property but straight away he was like oh, i feel like i'm in now i feel like i've actually I, I, i've worked my way into the industry and you've kind of you know been able to do that yourself which is i think that's a really good lesson to learn is that you don't have to completely separate out yeah most people need to work whilst they're building their portfolio i would actually personally recommend that they do because yeah. you don't want to get reliant on that, on that income um you want to help that to build your portfolio but you've managed to you know to do that and i think that's such a great lesson for people to learn that just starting out you can actually merge the two together and that can help in your in your bigger goal i guess it's for me it all comes down to having that bigger goal like that longer term strategy and then you reverse and then engineer it back to right what am i doing right now and how could i take that next step towards where i want to get to i think too many people and you um you may disagree or agree with this i think too many people when they're starting out in property are too focused on what 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 they need to do in 10 years time rather than looking at what they need to do in 10 months time yes yeah yeah i totally totally agree i think sometimes that can come down to the education that you're getting as well because everyone's banging on about what's your why why do you want to do this where do you see yourself in time and yeah <laughs> i want a rolex and all this um but yeah as you say there's, there's there's different ways of doing it as well you know you you can you need to macro manage your goals as well it's all well and good saying i want 10 houses in 10 years but yeah if you don't work out what those next month by month steps are to get you to those 10 highly doubtful that you will end up there do you know it's amazing how many people that i and by the way i was so i was being interviewed on the podcast relatively recently and i made a statement and as soon as i said it, i was like oh have I just shot myself in the foot there? I I said on this, I think that when I speak to a client, I've got I speak to people for the first time a lot. And whenever I speak to an investor for the first time, I reckon nine times out of ten, I will know whether they're gonna be successful or not. Just right. the first conversation. Mm -hmm. And what you just said is pretty much 70% of it. Mm -hmm. Is I will say to them, right, what what where are we heading here? You know, yeah. are we talking big portfolio? Are we talking developments? Are we talking financial freedom? Do you know how much that needs to be? Have you worked out kind of what your your, your dream life looks like and the costings of that? And the what that the um the one person that the type of person where I'm like ah you you are not there yet and, and I'm not mm. sure if you're actually off the back of whatever they say I'm not sure if you're actually gonna be be that successful person is when they just have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about mm. and they go. What do you mean? I've got what? Why? Hang on. What? I thought we were talking about mortgages. And like, yeah, but you have to understand that how I'm gonna, how I will speak to you, how I'm gonna be, um, the kind of products that we need to discuss from a financial perspective are all gonna be focused off the back of what you are trying to achieve. And if you don't know that, you know, then then maybe this this conversation is kind of premature. But I, I think that's that is such a major. Um, differentiated between the good and the not so good is mm. 
the good are really clear. And look, you know, the, the, the road changes um, and, and things can, oh, it does. can move. Gosh, it's changed for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were well, yours clearly because um, you know you actually you did you you merged into the into the property world, and I have to say, like. There's, a, there's an element of me that has is a bit jealous of you with some of the some of the, the stuff that you get to do. I know you mentioned to me about the landlord show. Obviously, you do property elevator as well. You know, yeah. these things must be so fun, particularly for somebody that is actually in property to be involved with and to chat to really awesome people. I would imagine, like especially filming property elevators, because I imagine you there's, there's so many people that come in and pitch that don't obviously end up, um, you know, actually on the show. show. Yeah, and you get to see it all. Um, yeah, is there? <laughs> I don't, you feel free to say no to answering this question. Is there, <laughs> is there any pitches that where it's come in and you've just gone, did you even like think about this? You know, yeah. it, was, it was just so crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm there to kind of be like the mother there of the, you know, calming the nerves at the beginning. And then when they come out, like if they didn't get it, lifting their spirits a little bit and, you know. But there, there have been some that have just been, yeah horrendous that's really mean but they have but also the show is based on education it's not based on entertainment so there's a really fine line between having somebody go on that's because we we get hundreds of deals come through mm. to apply and some of them are terrible now we could knowingly bring them onto the show knowing that it's awful but that's not what we're about like we want to educate the audience we don't want to ridicule people and that's where the that's where that has come into play so there definitely could be more but we filter them out beforehand because we want to you know we want to inspire people and we want to educate people and we we want to you know empower people to to come on and 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 do really well mm -hmm. so yeah there's there's that fine line there. I suppose it, it could get quite X factory, couldn't it? Where that's it. And even even Dragons Den, you know, where we we get um, it's kind of a property version of yeah. Dragons Den, isn't it? Really, and so you know, some of the pictures on pictures on on that show come on, and and it's awful, but it's entertainment TV, mm. and we don't want to be that. Yeah, I, I think my, I think my, my wife hates watching Dragons Den with me because I will sit there, they'll come out, and, I, and I'll go, ugh, or like just straight away, like, what what are you doing, you know? And and, I, and it always frustrates me and stuff like that, and that's why I'm quite glad the property elevator, I guess, isn't like this. Is that, um, and maybe actually maybe that having said that, I've not seen what happens behind behind the scenes, but certainly okay. some of the bad stuff you see on Dragons Den, you sometimes you get the people sort of pushing back and sort of always going, no, 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 you know, I've got a great business, this, that, and the other. And I'm sitting there going, what are you doing? You've got four guys in front of you. Yeah. That, um, not guys, guys and girls, in front of you that yeah, yeah, yeah. literally know business inside and out. Why are you arguing with these people? Take yeah. their advice. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it will be the same um, on property events because, you know, the guys at the front, they are so experienced. You know, we're talking yeah. the top, top, top in the industry. Yeah, they are. And, yeah. they, and they, I'm they so lucky to be working with them um, mm. in that sense, like so lucky. Like, they're yeah. up here and I'm, you know, the new little investor coming in. Um, so I am so grateful to have that opportunity as well. But mm. we've gone back and forth every series with this talk of should we bring 
bad deals on to the show because a couple of a couple of the angels have argued that you know it's actually still educational for the audience a bad a bad deal mm-hmm. um but you know it can be really detrimental to people's careers can't it you know something shows yeah. edited to just you know a short clip and yeah it's a difficult one i i stay out of it yeah <laughs> I, I i can i can see it from both sides because i think yeah. from from my son looking in agreed i think if a bad deal is there it, you know it, it's um it is educational as well because it's good to pick out all the things that are wrong with it wrong. as well as all yeah. the things that are right with with, with other stuff yeah. um but then you're right you know it's somebody there on screen very edited very produced and mm. you know that that could end up being really difficult for them i suppose the sh- when you when you swings around about it, you go well it's your fault for coming on and giving us a crap deal so swings around about maybe but i don't know maybe they could do like a little um like a, an offshoot of it potentially where yeah. like, I don't know, in the middle it cuts away and you just get a couple of a couple of the um the guys at the front maybe go off to a whiteboard but oh just, just we didn't want to show this but we just received this particular deal and we just wanted to go through it to show you all the things that were wrong with it maybe they could do it that way so don't actually show the person uh but it's still educational but yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer you learn you learn as much from what you do wrong as probably more so than, than with what, what you do right. I mean, I, I've I've gone on record and said, you know, I've been doing this job for 15 years. The first five of those, I was a dreadful broker. You wouldn't want to come anywhere near me. Um, and you you learn from you learn from those those situations, I guess. So yeah. you know, may, maybe it would be would be important. You don't really want to do it. It doesn't want to be a blooper reel, I guess. That's 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 a problem, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there have been some people that have come on and the the deal's not been good. Um, and they haven't gone away with with the the lending that they wanted, um, but they've done it still in a you know in a nice way. Mm, good. I think do you know I think that's actually a really positive thing about the show is that it isn't X Factor, it isn't Dragon's Den, because no. actually one thing that I would always 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 say that I love about the property industry is it's so inclusive um, yeah. and. Yeah everyone seems to want to genuinely help everyone else okay. because there, there is enough to go around you know there oh, is a, there, sure. as, as much as everyone is complaining about lack of deals and whatnot at the moment you know there, there, there's enough and, and it, it, there, there's one person being successful does not mean that another one isn't like we everyone in this community community can be successful together and, and i like the fact that i think the community recognizes that mm. and that's obviously therefore then represented on the show that mm they don't you know it is positive it is nice and everyone is they are trying to help um, yeah and so yeah I, th- I think it's i think it's great are all the episodes um still available to watch or are they, they yeah are they, they are so they're on property tv's youtube channel cool um so they're shown on sky when the series airs we begin filming for oh hang on we've got series four airing in june Awesome. Um, and then we begin filming series five in July, which will then wow. be showed in autumn. And um, so, yeah, it's doing really well. And what we've actually discussed is we we got a few um, we got a few messages from last series saying, "Do these deals actually happen?" Oh, oh, that was it. Someone commented on one of my LinkedIn um, posts saying, "There's no way these deals are real." Um, nobody would lend this type of money for a 50-50 split. Um, it's all for entertainment, la, 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 la. 
And so I messaged him back, you know, just a really polite message and was like, tagged a load of people who'd come on whose deals are going through at the moment and there's a lovely guy called Craig he's just completed a week ago because I saw him at the Baker Street networking event he's just completed on the latest one with um with Nick and um they do happen they are real um some of them don't after the show for various reasons like they may not get planning through mm -hmm. um that's you know simple as doesn't work but they still go on and work with these investors in some way or another they'll find another deal um or they'll find another way to finance it um and so what i did discuss with the team was we should do follow-ups mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of in the pipeline maybe they're just going to be onto youtube i don't think they will go into the actual show Mm -hmm. um, but following up on some of the deals after the show and watching the progression over the next 12 months. So that's something that we're hopefully starting to do um, so people can see um, Absolutely. what goes on. Yeah, I think I actually think that will be just as popular as the show itself because people want to, it's, it's like anything, you, you, you see how it starts, you want, you want to see, you want to see the next stages then. Um, yeah. And, that's the, yeah. and you, you will learn a different, different stuff from, from that than you will, just seeing how the deals are being analysed and things like that. Yeah. You're actually going to see then, you know, how that all goes. You know, so don't be like watching brand designs and you see all the all the stuff at the beginning, but actually everyone wants to see that final shot at the end of, of that it's it's all been completed, probably you know, fifty percent above budget. But yeah, <laughs> and I actually do that with um, a channel called Property London, and they're quite a big platform on YouTube and Instagram, and. Um, we film like small docu-series for developers. So we go um, at the beginning of the build, we then return on mid-build and then we return on completion. Um, and so then they have it for their marketing. They're also showcased on Property London's platform, which has mm -hmm. like over 6 million views a month. Um, wow. So a lot of eyes, um, arguably as many as telly. Mm -hmm. um, so, YouTube is a really prominent channel now for people to to market on and you know as we know video content is is huge now mm -hmm. so I focus solely now on these social channels as opposed to TV and yeah. just because the the eyes are going to those now absolutely changing yeah, we were talking about this a little bit off air, weren't we, in terms of just because I was saying about how the TikTok audience is, can be can be a bit aggressive sometimes. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you talk about six million. Um, I think um, we, we mentioned X Factor earlier on. I'm going to get this completely wrong. But I think someone asked Simon Cow about why he stopped the X Factor and he just said, like, literally, the, the, the figures were crap. You know, they were getting not even a fifth of the number of people watching than they were just a couple of years ago. Um, yes. Because everyone's, if, if, if they're not going on to uh, streaming platforms like Netflix or whatever, they're on YouTube, mm -hmm. you know? YouTube is is is, is the is the biggest video platform in the world. And yeah, yeah I, I think that anyone there, I mean, look, I talk to my clients about this all the time because um, I just, I believe that any business, whether it's property or whatever, um, you're a marketing business at the same time as actually doing what you do. Um, and partially that, you know, that's the reason why I'm bringing in, bringing more people into my company at the moment because my next stage is I need to go off and, and focus a little bit more on the marketing and, and, do, and do more of that in a professional manner. 
Um, but I think every single company needs to learn how to do that. And YouTube is, is amazing for, for the long form, awesome, beautiful videos of all their, all their projects, because it's almost like, well, you know this better than anyone. Um, it's almost like a showreel. Oh yeah. You, know, you, you can go, you can go to investors and say, oh, check out my YouTube channel. You can see all my amazing projects that I've done. I've done some videos, you know, just like you would be able to go, well, look, here's my presenting showreel. This is, this is what I'm capable of. This is why you should have me as, as your presenter on your, on your show. Yeah. Um, you can actually show that off. And then, and then what you do is I, I believe that, that YouTube can sometimes be kind of like mid funnel, if you like, and you, you can use things like reels and TikTok videos to, to funnel people into looking at that longer cooler stuff yeah. um but but use the you know that that quick quick content quick like you said quick yeah. videos to get people interested and then and then they can go and explore you know a, a little bit more um yeah so yeah i mean look i think you know you were saying earlier on if, if there is like a little offshoots property elevator that would probably just be you know a youtube show mm. five years ago you'd go that sounds a bit crap but now it makes complete perfect sense Oh yeah. To, yeah. to, to do it in that way. Um, yeah. now you I mean, as a presenter, you don't all just do things on TV. You also host events live and, and things like that. And you were saying to me as well, you've got the, um, the landlord, um, investment show coming up soon yeah. and you'll be hosting HMO panel, which is weird cause you don't do HMO stuff. Right. But you, but, I guess that's just uh that's gonna I have be, that's one like, yeah okay. I, have, I have one uh, but that's just on a government back lease so that's like done and dusted and i don't manage it or you know i don't see that now for years which is which is where i want to head with my portfolio um so i'm actually focusing on that a lot more now yes. um that can be another question in a minute though um, yeah, oh, I'm definitely going to be circling back around to that. Don't you worry. Yeah. I, love, I, love, I love these types of leases. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, tell us more a little bit more about the, um, the landlord investment show because it's coming up quite soon, right? Yeah, so that's on the 5th of July. Um, I am going to be hosting the HMO debate panel. Um, and it's the largest panel in the UK, which is really exciting for me. Mm. Um, there's some great people on the, on the panel. I'm not debating. I'm just hosting. Um, yeah, and you can get free tickets to the Landlord Investment Show. It's a great networking day. Um, and I'm also um, hosting Property Elevator Live on that day as well. So it'll be a busy wow. one for me. You are going to be a busy bee, yeah. Yeah, um, but that's also, um, we normally get three people to come and pitch a live deal. So it's great as well from an educational perspective for people to yeah. see the, the type of packs that people make in order to pitch their deal to a panel of lenders. Mm -hmm. um the feedback that they get it's all up on the screens as well behind them so people can see it click through it um yeah so it should be a really really good day uh, i've been yeah. now to that's actually where i met my mentor and how i got involved in property properly in 2019 mm -hmm. um was that that show so i i owe a lot to um to tracy and steve <laughs> <laughs> i do, do you know i've never been to one and no, I have. I've been to one. I went to one. For, I, I was working for a company ages ago, and they had a, a stand there. And um, yeah, they told me I had to go in and work on a Saturday, even though I wasn't paid for it. But there we are. Um, but that was the only one I've ever been to. But it was it was a good show. And what I liked about it when I went, and it seems like it, I mean it, that was probably about five years ago. But this is it's, it's grown quite a lot since then. And mm -hmm. I mean whether it, whether it's this one or, or other other sort of events like this, it's good sometimes to just walk around 
and be in that in, in the environment and i think as yeah. well if you if you plan for it a little bit more like you know anything like that if anyone's listening to this and they're planning on going to, to the the Lano investment show or you know you mentioned about the, the bay street property meet earlier on all yeah. these different meetups for the few days beforehand be posting about it on linkedin be posting about it on instagram be posting about it wherever um and saying to people look i'm gonna be there i'm gonna be wearing this hoodie that has Let's my you know yeah, my sure. my uh, my company logo on the back this is the one come and say hi or if you are going to be there and you want to have a quick coffee because there's coffee stands everywhere yeah just uh just wine well the end the end. End. there's free wine and free beer at the end oh, so if well, that doesn't make you get a free ticket i don't know what will that's where that, that but that's where the deals are done you know you know that's yeah. oh yeah the, when I think about it from my perspective, um, whenever I, I go to sort of, or used to go to sort of more finance type events, I don't go to them so much anymore, but um, you know, I would I would see the people that work at various different lenders and, and uh, that I worked with, mm -hmm. and at the end, we'd all go for a beer at the, and, and, and talk. And that's where I would be able to go, so that deal that we did the other 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 day, it wasn't great because of this, this, and this. Okay, yeah, we should probably change that, excellent. Okay, cool, and then things, things get better and it's the, it's the same with um you know with, with an event like that you you may find your investor because you've had you've, you've had a quick tip or you've you've um you know had a bit of dutch courage and you actually can feel like maybe you, you're a bit more open and and yeah you, you might you might actually find that that next person that's going to fund your next deal or your next gv partner or whatever it might be these events are just so 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 important for stuff like that they are, but they're they're really important in my opinion to build like long term relationships with people. Like the likelihood of you finding an investor and you doing a deal on that day is minimal. Mm. But you making contact with, you know, 10, 15 good relevant people and then you forming a relationship over the next, you know, few months, you may discuss it a little bit more and over time gain trust and then that's where that's where I like networking. I don't like people who come up to me and go, you know, hi, I'm this, I'm after this, all this, and I haven't got a clue who you are, you know? I think it's very much a slow and steady wins the race um, when it comes to, to networking yes. and, and forming relationships. Do you know what? I, I actually couldn't agree more. And I, I know this firsthand. I've been networking for years and years and years and years. And obviously, I guess the difference between what you do and I do is that I'm going to a lot of these events with a service. Does that you know what I mean? Yeah. And often there might be a few other people in the room that do something similar to what I do. Yeah. And and sometimes it can come across really salesy. And I must admit, when I first started doing networking years and years ago, and I was sort of pushing my service, if you like, I did. I think it, it didn't work. Um, yeah. When I go to events now, uh, I don't know if you're the same. I go with similar similar mindset to what you just said. I don't go with like, right, I need to come away from this with a deal. Number one, because actually, I, I, I mean, I'm quite fortunate. I don't need to at the moment. You know, I'll get, get a lot of inquiries. But um, I go there and I think, right, I, I just want to have as many conversations with nice people as I possibly can. That's it. And I will get a feel for certain people. And you then follow up off the back of that. You, you, you know, you, you, you get their business card, you send them a, um, an email or you give them a call the next day. I was awesome to see, see yesterday. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed our chat, but I just be good to meet up for a coffee or whatever. And then like you say, it just happens, it happens over time. And then when you find the right person, you scale that down, you find these people and you never, you never know, you know, you never know where it ends up. They might even come to you at some point and say, do you know what? I really enjoy our chats. We obviously are really, you know, on the, on the same wavelength. 
do you reckon we could do this together? Mm. Um, and I've got, you know, I've, I've just started a, 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 an offshoot of my company um, doing a, a sort of slightly different type of finance. And that came about off the back of, um, I got, somebody reached out to me to introduce uh, clients to me um, in my company. And then we just got to know each other more and more. We went out and had coffee and we went for lunch and all this kind of stuff. And off the back of it, <clears throat> we just had this idea and he said, oh, I think we could make this work. I said, I think we can make this work. And then six months later, it now exists. And that's, for me, that, that's the strength of building the relationships. Don't go to these events thinking that, you know, it's all going to change overnight. It's got to be consistent and long-term, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The soft approach to networking, I'm all about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I didn't even know we were going to discuss this, uh, which, is, which is brilliant. Um, you just mentioned in terms of what you do um, on the HO side, in terms of your long leases, etc. Um, talk to me about that, because I've got a very particular view on on these sorts of things, particularly the funding, the financing of them. Um, but do you want to just quickly talk me through that deal, and then we'll, we'll discuss the, 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 the wider uh, kind of strategy, I guess, on the back of that? Yeah, okay. So from last year, I... Um... I love my job so I wasn't ready after you know I put my toes into a few different things I did a bit of sourcing I um, did a little bit of project managing for some small refurbs I was obviously refurbing my own stuff and was really trying to feel out property and where I was good where I was crap <laughs> because we all have our advantages and our disadvantages in our skill set right we can't mm -hmm. be good at everything which I think a lot of people try and do I'm very honest I hate spreadsheets <laughs> I hate them with a passion so I paid to have somebody else formula a, a deal analysis spreadsheet best 20 quid I ever paid if anybody wants that it's from the property apprentice Craig he's great um but anyway I um decided that with my little bit of investment that I had I wanted the portfolio to be as passive as possible I don't want to be a hands-on uh, landlord um I'm I wouldn't say I was lazy that's the wrong word but I just I don't want the hassle of being a hands-on landlord mm -hmm. I was like what ways can I do this so I came across first supported living which I know has been a huge topic for people during lockdown and during the pandemic um, because it's portrayed as not only helping people in need um, which I think a lot of people are fronting that as their first you know look at me Jesus Christ saving everybody and that is, <laughs> that is not their main reason for doing supported living on the whole on the whole you know it's an excellent passive income and it's very well paid from the government very well paid so you know I'm quite black and white there um yeah. but I was finding it very challenging because with supported living you don't get in general the the backing before you've purchased the property so um for anybody who doesn't know what supported living is it's helping homeless ex-military um, people with mental illness it's an it's an amazing way of of helping people in need but there's this gap where finding and acquiring a house and having 
a guaranteed supported living provider going into your property it's really difficult to 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 bridge this gap and I wanted to use my money as quickly as possible and it was just taking too long for me I just couldn't work it out and because I wasn't an experienced landlord as well actually as you probably know interest rates were very high um, it didn't really make sense for me to take such risk at the beginning when I was inexperienced. So I decided to put that on the back burner for now. Um, the, my main reason for, for looking at that is because my niece is autistic and she will go into housing of this sort. And I wanted the control of having something in Liverpool where I know that she could go and she'd be looked after really well. and. It, because it's property it's all you know one nice circle but we've got a few more years yet for that to come into fruition so I put that on the back burner and was introduced to Serco who uh, have the asylum seeker government back lease um, I had three fall through unfortunately last year um, and then I had one going through um, it was going to be a four bed HMO in the Wirral and um, everything was going really well and then an ASBO came into the area so they no longer wanted that property because it was deemed unsafe for um, asylum seekers to live mm -hmm. and so that was a bit of a bummer but it still worked fine as a buy to let and um, it's just a three bed house now I didn't convert the fourth room um, but that rented really well it's great I've got lovely people in that house um, and three bed properties are actually really in demand now for just you know your your general rental market um, so I got £100 a month more than what I anticipated it as a buy to let so it worked out yeah. Um, but yeah for, for me Serco and their, their lease it motivated me more because I was finding property a bit boring Mm -hmm. um, I can't just do something for the cash as much as I'd like to be able to sometimes because I think it would be much easier if, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I was a little bit more money orientated but there had to be a bit of a bigger picture for me and um, I was finding I was putting other things before before finding the next deal and I was like okay why is this I'm finding it a little bit empty and a little bit unfulfilling so then I found out about Serco and what they do when um, they're housing um, asylum seekers. Now it's only market rent, so it's no more than what you would get on the market. However, you have a set amount of years with them where they lease the property and they take all the bills and all the maintenance as well. So other than the external features of your building, so the roof and all the outside of your house, um they take care of everything so that's till 2030 um but i actually could only get a five-year rate on my mortgage before it then started going into commercial figures and commercial figures the interest with my lack of experience just didn't work for me so we've done a five-year lease um with an extra two years um additionally like agreed in our contract but my mortgage is a five-year contract and then i will extend um mm. for another fixed amount of years then and and they do allow um 
asylum seeker um, housing. Yeah. So there's a load of hoops that we had to go through, um, but yeah, we we got there in the end. Yeah, it's um, I think number one, you said right at the very beginning. I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people play it up of yeah, I want to help everyone, but yeah, it, I think that's a really nice side to it. The fact that you are able to give back sure. and and, and um, you know, there's a massive deficit of social housing supported living yeah property stock in you know in yeah. the country at the moment so by yeah. doing it you are you know you're helping that which i think is, is a is a is a really really important thing but you're absolutely yeah. right you know i've you know in my position i get to speak to so many investors with so many different strategies there isn't anything else that's like this in terms of the, the i was going to say the passiveness is that is that a word yeah. um passiveness of it um we'll make you're it right work. yeah we'll make it work it's, it's added, added to the weird words that I make up all the time um <laughs> it, it is just so passive I think my frustration in, in terms of what I do and it's obviously something that you come up against as well it's just the the the, the, the funding market the finance market the mortgage market for it is crap uh, this is what and... blows my mind because it's so appeal. in my opinion it's so appealing like it guarantees rent hmm. so why do they not love it Help so I know that. why they don't but I've also I've also argued back to them as to why they shouldn't so their reason is reputational risk what they don't want to do is be that lender that, that that let's say for example you as the as the landlord fails to keep up the repayments on the mortgage and therefore they have to go to repossess and then they're like oh we have to chuck these vulnerable people out onto the streets right and i go yes but who are you actually who is actually the tenant here they go, Serco or a, a similar similar uh, provider cool you're chucking them out onto the street yeah. If they've got other properties, they're just going to move those people into another property. Those yeah. people physically are not going to be on the street. And that's what I'm trying to work on at the moment is... Yeah. And they give them a fact. To understand. Exactly. So exactly. I, I just don't get why a tenant who's self-employed or, you know, even employed, why that why that's deemed more secure than some exactly. government-backed. It blows it's my not. mind. The, the 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 irony of it is, is that it isn't and but the thing is with these things it's it's not necessarily the, the the lenders and their legal teams or credit teams or whoever that are necessarily making these decisions most of the mortgage market in the country borrow money from other banks or from funding lines to, to for their products and um and it's those funding lines that don't want that and so there's, it's. I, I think I think we're on the precipice of some change, which is is really really positive. But at the moment, you, you're right. It, it's really 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 difficult. Um, yeah. You know, if you want a five year, um, you know, lease on your circo um, circo lease, five year term on your circo lease, that might offer you, you know, two maybe lenders in the in the residential space of the market without having to go to a commercial lender. You yeah. know, if you want to open it up even more, you might have to get it down to three. And there's a few other lenders that might look at it there, but like you said, over and above that, you go to commercial and even like one of the sort of first commercial lenders, Shawbrook, who um, had been lending on these leases for ages, they've now they've pulled out of them themselves now because mm. there's been some minor changes to the leases over the years that have now resulted in them deeming them to be unsuitable for lending. And so they are now in, in discussions with them to try and sort that out. I know that um, I offered my services and they said, no, don't worry about it, Sam. Uh, so, but there we are. Um, 
And so I'm, I'm hoping they are going to come back into the market. But when, you know, a massive commercial bank like Shawbrook are now pulling out, you know, that sends the wrong message, yeah. um, you know, to, to, the, to the rest of the market that it's it's unsafe or, or that they're not right or there's something wrong with them, when the reality yeah. is that, that it just isn't. And so, yeah, I, I'm really hopeful. I don't know if I'm just a, you know, a, a one-man kind of uh, army at the moment in terms of trying to, to get these lenders to see, see the, the, the value in them. Um, but every single time, you know, I'm sitting with lenders, I'm always bringing it up at the moment, always bringing it up because I think it's just something that needs to, needs to grow. So I think the thing is what a lot of people, my clients don't realize is that, you know, if you get a buy to let or you get a, a property that you're going to rent out a service accommodation or an HMO, you're, you're getting an HMO mortgage or you're getting a buy to let mortgage or you're getting an SA mortgage. There, there's no such thing as a social housing mortgage. Yeah. So um, it's a criteria point. So it's not even a case of, oh, well, there's these products and we just have to fit within the criteria. No, it is a good criteria point on its own. And then we have to go and get an HMO mortgage product or something. So I think even that could potentially be revolutionized to say, well, to these lenders, why don't you have a social housing product? Um, and then what that means is you can then create your criteria in negotiations with some of the top providers in the country of these of yeah. these types of leases um and and discuss and, and try and formulate that criteria accordingly to that and then you have a funding line that supports that product and that for me is the obvious way to move forward but as i say very fairly regularly no one ever said that uh lending and common sense ever went hand in hand <laughs> but i think we'll get there i do think we'll get there and the thing is is that it's, it is you're right it's becoming such a, a much 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 more popular way of letting property now that i think it's going to get to a stage soon when lenders have they, they, they have to sit up and take notice of it because otherwise they're just going to get left behind unfortunately yeah yeah i totally agree you keep pushing that please I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but anyway, look, um, I've, I was going to call you Elizabeth there, but I'm going to call you Lizzie. I, I I call you Lizzie online. I don't know why I started yeah. saying Elizabeth is coming on the show. Um, yeah, to say just thanks, Lizzie, for coming on. Um, there is, uh, do you know what I think? The, the, the problem with having you as a guest is that you have so many different facets that we can discuss. And I was just trying to dip into as many of them as possible, but I could probably carry on talking to you for, for weeks and weeks. Um, but look, I'm going to, um, for those that are watching on YouTube, I'm just going to um, check Lizzie's um, Instagram handle across the bottom, but it is Elizabeth Warburton, Elizabeth Warburton underscore. It's just one underscore though, because you've got a, um, somebody out there that's uh, that's faking you at the moment. Oh yeah, um, those annoying crypto people. Yeah, yeah. so don't, don't follow that one, just one underscore at the, at the, uh, at the end. Yeah. Obviously, if you want to go and say hi to Lizzie in person, go along to the uh, Land Investment Show. That's on the 5th of July. Yep, 5th cool. of July. And um, is there anywhere else that people should come and follow you online? Um, or if they did want to get in touch with you, maybe they're an investor and they maybe want to get involved in your next project because that's probably um, you know somebody that I am certain you'd be very interested in talking to. How would people get in touch with you, Lizzie? Yeah, so either you can find me on Instagram, on LinkedIn. I have joined TikTok a week ago, but I've still not posted anything yet. Um, You're going to be legendary. I'm getting there. there. Absolutely brilliant on there. I'm getting there. Um, but also, yeah, you can drop me an email, hello at elizabethwarburton.com. Um, but feel free to chat anytime, yeah. Inbox well, is always I'll, open. 
I'll drop those into the show notes below for anyone that wants to, to reach out. But before I let you go, Lizzie, I've got to ask you the most important question I'm going to ask you today. Um, oh, as, I, as I said to you before, I'm a massive chocolate fiend. I think that's oh, the yeah. only way of describing it. Um, so I know my, my taste in chocolate changes week to week. Uh, but what is your, what's your favourite, favourite chocolate if you had to pick one? Lint. Oh, you're the first person that said Lint. You're the first person. Yeah, which is oh, actually pretty so crazy. Creamy and yeah, it's great. Just yeah. the red original ones. I like the white chocolate ones as well. But yeah, Am I right thinking that. you just don't see it as often anymore. No, you don't. No. Maybe that's maybe that's why it's not not in the forefront of my mind. Oh, yeah. But you can get a bar really now. Sure. They do do just a bar. Oh, like the smaller like, ones. Because yeah, because they were like quite big, weren't they, back in the day? Mm. Yeah. 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 Might, no, it's might. great. And then probably Galaxy Cookie Crumble after that. That that is that is a, a great shout. Um, it's know? weird though. I don't like chocolate desserts, but I like chocolate. Okay. I'll never pick a chocolate cake or. Would you not? You know, like no, I just find them really rich and sickly. Are you one of those people that pre pretends to be healthy by having like a a fruit dessert? <laughs> oh no, I'll have like a cheese board over yes. a chocolate dessert. Yeah, or oh. anything lemon. Love anything lemon. Yes, yes, absolutely. No, I'm with you on that. Um, my wife's exactly the same, funny enough. If she's having a dessert, she'll go for a cheese board every time. Yeah, I but love it. I, I think when you go to a restaurant, though, and you have, you get a cheese board. I think there can be, there's such a variation of quality. That's yeah. that's, that's my only concern of it. At least with a chocolate you, cake. You are you like a main and dessert guy then over a starter and a main? I'm kind of a starter Great. and dessert kind of guy. <laughs> Me too. And hence the chubby <laughs> cheeks. Um, yeah, there's a, there's this Italian restaurant around the corner from from where me and me and Emily live, and it's it's really lovely. And we always go there, going, all right, okay, should we just let's not pig out this time? You know, we'll just we'll have a starter, we'll have a main. You know, we'll see how it goes, and it, it never ends up that way. No. Always, always three courses. Um, always probably one more bottle of wine than we planned. Yeah. Nice. Not, not good, not well, good. we've got to live life, right? We only get one. Precisely, precisely. Drink and the um, wine. and you <laughs> and and quite clearly you're living a great one at the moment. I I love following you online, honestly, as you know, and honestly it's been really, really cool just to have a bit of time to chat with you as well. So Thank thanks you. so so Pleasure. much for coming on. And you're good so luck. Welcome. Good Thank luck with the next series of property elevators. Good luck with the uh, London Investment Show, and I'm sure we'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, we will do. Thanks for having me, Sam. Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other Game of Loans podcast episodes, please, I would ask you a massive favour to leave a five-star review. It massively helps me grow the podcast and reach more people that will hopefully enjoy the episodes as much as you have. Thank you so much in advance for this, and I'll hopefully see you on the next episode.